I'm going to um, exile my cat. Hold on a moment. Damn you, cat. Yeah, you. In a literal bag. You're going Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program, faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Hello and welcome to The Thought Bubble, a podcast about comics and comics-adjacent culture. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I'm Dave Gonzalez. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're here to answer your questions about all things comics. Dave here is our so-called expert, and I'm your friendly neighborhood novice. But this podcast is meant for comics lovers of all levels. If Dave wants to go in-depth or spoilery about a particular answer, he'll do so in our advanced section that comes at the end of each episode with ample warning. So don't worry. If you have a question for us, please shoot us an email at bubbleyourthoughts at gmail.com. You can find all of our old episodes at fightinginthewarroom.com slash comics. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. It's Wednesday, January 20th. This is issue number 33, and the Thought Bubble is back in action. Hello, Dave. Yay! It's a whole new year. <laughs> uh, not that Dave and I haven't been talking to each other. Uh, if you only listen to Thought Bubble... And, and sort of want to hear us talking about other things sometimes, you can go to fightinginthewarroom.com uh, and, and hear us talking about Star Wars. You can hear us talking about... We talked about Jessica Jones, in fact, on an old Fighting in the War Room episode, uh, which you should be able to find pretty easily because I believe Jessica Jones is in the title of the episode. Uh, but yeah, that, that's where you'll go if you want to hear the rest of our Jessica Jones thoughts, which we only sort of got halfway through on the Thought Bubble before we took a lengthy Star Wars hiatus. But we are back. Our goal in the new year, our New Year's resolution for this podcast, just so you know, Ooh. is to record two episodes a month. We're not going to be doing weekly anymore because we're still going to be doing some Star Wars stuff. Eventually, we're going to be doing some Game of Thrones stuff. So to keep our sanity, we're going to be doing this about twice a month. We are going to be communicating with you when we take long breaks. So you're not just like left hanging like, what? Delete this Thought Bubble podcast on my phone. They're never coming back. Um... Yeah. Any? Do we have any other resolutions, Dave? That I'm missing? Um. No. Uh, you know, I have a lot of weird thoughts when, I, like, there aren't a lot of thought bubbles. Like, I'm gonna stay up to date with the Star Wars comics, or I'm gonna make sure and give DC its fair shakedown, or I'm gonna read more three party tit- or third party titles. But the <laughs> truth of it is, it's it's gonna be a crapshoot like it is every year. Yeah. Zeke, you can't you can't tell. You know what? We go we go where our winds take us sometimes. So. Uh, to kick us off, Dave, do you want to start by concisely explaining what happened in Secret Wars? Because I know we had a couple people ask for that from you. To yeah. Sort of let people know what this huge comic phenomenon was and what we should take away from it. Okay, so Secret Wars is the crossover event that the Marvel comic book line did across all of its books. Uh, we've talked about it previously in the build-up to it, where Jonathan Hickman was writing in the New Avengers and the Avengers books this build-up with colliding universes and blowing up uh, entire timelines uh, to try to save the world. But it finally came to a head last May when the entire Marvel universe, multiverse was it sort of exploded uh, by this group called the Beyonders. Uh, when they faced off with uh, Dr. Doom and the Molecule Man. And we figured out that the Molecule Man uh, is sort of like this time bomb placed by the Beyonders who created the multiverse. Uh, So he's a constant in every multiverse. There's always a Molecule Man. And uh, if you kill the Molecule Man of a multiverse, that multiverse becomes unstable and sort of starts to die. And so the idea was the Molecule Man would be killed all at once through time, sort of like ending all creation when the Beyonders wanted to. But as soon as uh, Doctor Doom uh, and uh, Doctor Strange sort of figured out what the Beyonders' ultimate plan was and uh, started causing incursions by killing off Molecule Men as a way to uh, whittle down the surviving worlds and keep the important ones. The Secret Wars event started off with Doom facing the Beyonders with Molecule Man, usurping their power and knitting together what was left of the universe into Battle World, where he took over Reed Richards' spot and was also god of the world. He made the thing uh, a giant wall that ran along the entire earth that separated the living populace from all the Marvel zombies in like a hell dimension, and he made the human torch the sun. 
Uh, Reed Richards, meanwhile, escaped the collapse of the original Marvel Universe, as did the Reed Richards of the Ultimate Universe, and they both met on Battleworld, totally unclear about what was going on, and sort of started forming factions. Uh, uh, Ultimate Reed Richards is sort of evil, so he had Thanos and a whole bunch of other bad guys, and Reed Richards had a whole bunch of heroes like uh, Miles Morales and uh, 616 Spider-Man and Lady Thor. So all these heroes are like, the world isn't as it should be. They finally take on Doom. Jonathan Hickman loses control of his like wide storytelling. So as we're having all these little crossover events in Battleworld, Secret Wars gets extended to a nine-issue event. And the last one came out two weeks ago. So the whole thing ended up lasting from May till January. How it ended was eventually Richards challenges Doom when he finds that uh, the last surviving Molecule Man who's sort of giving the god powers to Doom. And Molecule Man, or, and Reed Richards and Dr. Doom fight, and it's sort of a culmination of uh, stuff that Jonathan Hickman has been putting into the character since he's been writing them, which I believe was 2008, 2009, he started writing Fantastic Four and FF. And... Uh, I guess they see the fallibility in each other. And in the one moment that Doom admits that maybe Reed would have been the better god, um, Molecule Man makes Reed the god of everything that's still existing. And everything blinks out of existence. And we find ourselves in the all-new, all-different Marvel Universe where basically everything is the same. Because What? <laughs> what? Reed Richards, uh, the whole sort of theme of uh, what Jonathan Hickman was saying with Avengers and New Avengers leading into Secret Wars is everything dies. Like the whole universe was built with this Molecule Man sort of fuse. Um, These other things had to die in order for some things to survive. But the point that Reed Richards finds himself at at the end of Secret Wars is but everything lives. So he has this god power and he exists outside of our reality. And his super son, Franklin, who's like a super genius, uh, conceptualizes entire universes. And then Reed shaves off a piece of Molecule Man, puts him in the universe, and uses his god power to throw that universe into the Marvel multiverse. So he's rebuilding the 616 multiverse sort of as we go along. But because he's Reed Richard and he's benevolent, certain things have changed. So Miles Morales gave Molecule Man a cheeseburger when he was hungry on Battleworld. So now Miles' mom, who was killed by Venom in the Ultimate storyline, is alive again, and he lives in the 616 universe. And Reed, because he and Doom had this ultimate battle and sort of reckoned with each other as people, has uh, given Doom his face back, so Doctor Doom no longer has to wear the mask. And Human Torch and uh, the Thing are still on Earth, and they're parts of different teams, but the entire Richards family started sort of living outside of existence, making the multiverse happen. I wonder, I just have to wonder if I will ever be able to get into something as sprawling as this, because... There's so many threads and it's, it's, you know, like it took me so long to just get into comic book storytelling in the first place in terms of being able to follow paneled storytelling and serialized stories and and that sort of thing. Like, but something like this, where you're talking about universes and, and multiple realities and all sort of stuff, it's not like, it's not like I think I'm too dim to follow it. I just don't know that I have the energy. Like I get, you know, which is no... No, knock on how you tell it, but I get exhausted just hearing you describe it. You know, like <laughs> everything is, is, there's just so much. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I tried to include all the details, but like really the power that came with it. And well, I think Secret Wars is ultimately a success. And I think Birth Movies Death had a piece on it that sort of echoed my opinion, which is that the conclusion was so simple and elegant after like this huge sprawling mess that was like the lead up to it. We're like, we didn't, there was like all these black swans who were trying to destroy universes and we didn't understand who that was. And then it was sort of revealed to be doom. But after that point, we'd been like at it for a year. So it sort of felt like anticlimactic. So the whole lead up was like this complex mess that I'm sure it sounds like when I'm explaining it. But the last issue that is Secret Wars number nine is just like uh, a really good conclusion for Reed Richards and uh, Dr. Doom. And maybe at that point you have the benefit that like you've just thrown your hands up into the air. So that, like if it's not, 
it doesn't have to be plot perfect because at that point you don't even care. It just has to hit the right emotional beat. So it's like, I don't know, maybe we got floated like a butterfly stung by like a bee with Jonathan Hickman, (laughs) but uh, it ended up working out kind of okay. Considering he exploded both universes and then sort of reestablished it, which could have been like this huge continuity mishap, but nothing really changed and it sort of feels organic. So I don't know. He sort of danced between raindrops on some things, but it's, it was, it's not so often that a writer gets to continue talking about the same themes over multiple books for this many years in a row. So it's kind of cool. Like if you sit down and read all of the Hickman Marvel stuff, it all connects thematically. Now it's pretty, pretty neat. Excellent. And is, is the, is there a particular volume? Okay. Well, here I'll ask you a broader question. Is there one book you read um, since we recorded in November uh, that you would name as, as sort of your favorite comic that you read when we were on hiatus? And is it, is it the secret or conclusion? Oh, my favorite comic that we read on hiatus. Um, I didn't prep Dave for this question, so he's, yeah, he's know. resenting I, me right now. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be Secret Wars, just because... I don't do you, know, wanna, do Wars you want me to say mine so you, you can stall? Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay, Please do. I will say Sunstone <laughs> is my choice. And Sunstone is um, an LGBT BDSM uh, comic, which I never expected would be something that I would really enjoy um, necessarily, but it, it was really good. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, an adult comic for sure. It's based off a sort of deviant art um, comic concept by, oh God, someone with so many wonderfully strange characters in his name, I'll never be able to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really, really lovely, charming story of two women who fall in love and sort of bond over their um, curiosity about BDSM and you wouldn't expect it to be as, as really charming and sweet as it is. It's, I think they've published four volumes so far. Um, so yeah, Sunstone, check it out. Aww. Aww. And it's, I mean, it's image comics, which I don't know for me, you know, if, if uh, Europa press, which is this great uh, publishing arm that puts out, European stories and translation. If Europa Press has put out a book, I will probably read it because Europa Press has like unfailingly great te- taste. If the FX Networks put out, puts out a TV show, I'll probably give it a chance because they have the highest track record for me of shows that I love. And if Image Comics, if something is Image Comics stamped on it, um, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot. So I I, I really just really admire what they do. That was not an ad for Image Comics. It should be. That wasn't be. a native ad for Image Comics. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think about narrowing it down. You know, if I'm being honest with myself, the favorite thing that I'm reading is still Scott Snyder's Batman. All right. For DC. Okay. I mean, I, I wish I had a more interesting example like you did. But I know. Like Yours in, is no BDSM as far as I know. So. I mean, it, it got to the point where it's like, I wish it was like uh, semi-monthly, every other week or whatever. The ha- ha- it's not bi-weekly, is it? Or semi-monthly? Yeah, bi-weekly. Uh, anyway, bi-weekly. I wish it was bi-weekly so bad because now I'm just like going back and like reading past arcs all the way through. Then I'll go back to a previous arc and then read it back all the way through. So I'm like, at this point, I've read Endgame like three times this month. Oh, I just want more Batman. That's a ringing endorsement. Um, I that's that's like I just finished all my People versus OJ Simpson screeners. Speaking of an FX show, and uh, once I got to the end, I just started watching trial footage on YouTube. <laughs> I wasn't ready to be like oh, done great. watching it. So this is going to happen to me. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, we're all about to fall down this rabbit hole. All right, but that has nothing to do with comic books. Uh, something else that aired on TV last night was this uh, special on the CW unveiling a lot of looks at the upcoming DC films. We got some Suicide mm-hmm. Squads. Some the Dawn Woman. of Dawn of Justice special. Is it, what was it called? Oh, it wasn't called the Dawn of Dawn of Justice oh, special. So that's but that's what you're calling it, with Kevin Smith. It was something like the, the uh, unveiling uh, the, the sun crests the hill of the <laughs> Justice League. Rise of the planet of the Dawn of the Justice League. Um, yeah. They're being very verbose with this whole uh, marketing campaign. <laughs> 
so let's see. So I, I, you know, I watched the Wonder Woman footage, which mm-hmm. I, I really quite liked the footage. This is my immediate thoughts were a, you know, everything looked kind of dreary of the DC palette. My, my Dave voice is creeping in. So I was like, that's a lot of blues, right? There were a lot of mm-hmm. blues. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot of blues. A lot of blues. Um, but the footage looked really great. I thought the footage looked good other than, than the color palette. And, but all the, the, um, the talking head stuff around it was deeply annoying to me. Cause Kevin, oh, yeah. who was talking with Kevin Smith? Who was it? Jeff Johns. Oh, Jeff Johns. Okay. So Jeff Johns and Kevin Smith were like, uh, oh, it's important because we finally have this badass female superhero. And I'm just like, oh, I need you to stop patting yourself on the back right now. Like, I just need you to give me a good Wonder Woman movie and I don't need you to tell me to be grateful for it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was very self-congratulatory and does that make any sense? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I had such an inside baseball look at it, which is I've seen Kevin Smith talk about comics, and he was just like totally either so scripted into what he was saying or just not into what he was doing that like I got zero energy off of Kevin Smith, which is weird because usually Kevin Smith is the first person to give you a read on anything. Right. I still remember him being like, Revenge of the Sith is going to turn you around on the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> And I was like, thanks, Kevin Smith. I have hope. <laughs> and then no. And then they were dashed. Okay, so so Kevin Smith seems stilted. But what did you think of the of the Wonder Woman footage itself? Of the Wonder Woman footage? Good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. I, you know, riding a horse, yeah. doing some sword stuff. Um, I'm happy with how Gal Gadot looks in motion. But I, that wasn't ever going to really be a problem for me. Um, I really want to see some sort of Wonder Woman performance out of her. Because at this point, it's going to be too late if it's horrible to just, like, realize we're doomed to it for forever. Like, you would rather see her actually act in Batman v Superman before we get a whole Wonder Woman movie? Yeah. I agree. Or or if there's some way that they can get through Batman v Superman without having her act, I think that might be, like, really telling to, I don't know. I've, I've been hearing weird rumblings that there might be... Uh, Warner Brothers might not be as sure in their entire announced Justice League as they they will be in the future. Okay. Um, do you want to clarify? Can you clarify that at all? Um, I don't know the specifics of it. I know Wonder Woman's. Everybody seems to like what Gal Gadot is doing with Wonder Woman, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, everyone likes Ben Affleck's Batman. He curses a lot, and that seems to be something that people who have actually seen it keep bringing up. And uh, Henry Cavill's Superman is a little uh, angrier, but like, I think everybody's been expecting that with how he's been portrayed in the trailers. Uh, but beyond that, we have like Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman... And I just haven't heard anything about any of those actors clicking with that character in the ways that I've heard about the other three. Okay. Um, Which makes me as concerned as I am about the fact that nobody said anything about there being an Iron Fist yet. Right. You know, that that sort of idea. We're going to get to that. I, yes, I have some feelings on that. But um, Gal Gadot, I mean, at least... You know, for those of us who've seen the Fast and Furious movies, at least we know that she is like very capable of being, you know, a great action hero, charming, funny. Um, there's no, and no, and then there's there's a little bit of depth to her. But I mean, as much depth as you're going to get in a Fast and Furious movie, you know, like there's some depth to her performance too. So, like, I I'm I've got a lot of faith in Gal Gadot. Um, I mean, the interesting thing about the, how the DC is forming its movie universe is you see the completed version of the character, and then I guess we're going to jump back and figure out how she got that way. And that's just like a, that's a range. So, like, I'm almost positive she could do what they were describing in the special, which is that she's in Thymoscura, and she's like, why aren't we being the saviors of the world? We're right. badass. Let's figure out what the humans are doing and go save their asses. That's great. What I'm curious about is who is ruling that at the time of Batman v Superman and it's like, what role does she have in the huge dick measuring contest? That's going to be the rest of that movie. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I mean, three dicks, but still (laughs) her versus three dicks. I'm not at all. um, I'm still not at all 
excited about Batman v Superman. But um, Suicide Squad also debuted a new um, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. As someone pointed out, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of dirty pool using Bohemian Rhapsody because everything is better with Bohemian Rhapsody. But, um, you know, once again, Margot Robbie seems to be the most interesting thing happening in that movie. I know there was some controversy, or I don't know if I want to call it controversy, but some pushback from people who are upset that she's getting, she seems to be getting the vat of vat o chemicals Harley Quinn origin story, rather than the like Harley chooses of her own accord to be a crazy villain. Um, do you have any feelings on on Harley Quinn's origin story or any of the Suicide Squad footage we saw? Um, too much Harley Quinn wise. Yeah. Um, I do. I have the same concerns I did when you start putting together that the like hurt you really bad line is probably Harley Quinn uh, from the original teaser, just from being able to put that footage right. together. Him, him uh, torturing her. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, but like uh, once again, there's this sort of weird thing that this entire movie has to do, which is like they're villains, but they're the heroes. So how? Joker can they might just be able to use Joker as like a pure villain card because he's such a fan favorite likable character automatically that you can make him like really villainous and get some sympathy for Harlequin basically like the relationship you want Harlequin to have to the Joker is the relationship the audience has to the Joker so I'm not really worried about that coming across as much as I'm worried about them making it like too mean because they have to um that being said, my thoughts on the trailer are way more heroes than I thought they would show up in the first trailer. Like the Eastwood kids in there and uh, <laughs> Tattooed Common is the guy ripping up the subway. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, what is it? Whiplash that he just like punches a girl and he's around. So obviously he's going to be the person that gets his head exploded. <laughs> Like, so we know there's consequences. So if you're on the team and you do it right, wrong. Right, right, right. And, and his, like, power is, like, controlling ropes or some shit. And, like, come on. If you have the fire guy and you have, you know, like, dead shot, you don't need rope dude around. Um, that all seems cool. I think Carla Denevi, Enchantress. Thank you. I still think she's going to end up being the villain with another player who will reveal himself to be a villain that may or may not be in the trailer as well uh but i think that's why when you see her fully uh enchantress out she's like in the white house yeah and anytime someone's crazy. in the white house i'm like mm, well yep that's not where the suicide squad's supposed to be right but um, it seems like it's, it's just gonna be sort of like a magic something is unleashed because you got Common's character growing crazy stuff out of his face. Maybe his tattoos coming alive if he's the tattooed man, but maybe just some sort of crazy magical character. You have that shot of like the like metal cloud shooting up over like the dancing demons. And then you have, uh, what is it? uh, Katana's like absorbing a soul into her sword and all of the enchantress stuff. So that seems really interesting to pair against like Will Smith, who looks like he's going through like a prison movie for the first fifteen minutes <laughs> of this movie. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot. It, it's it is a lot. lot going on. But all the DC movies are going to be a lot. So I'm I kind of starting like, to. I kind of feel like it's going to be a nightmare, and then with like one shining greatness thing at the center of it, which is Margot Robbie. I don't know if I'm putting too much pressure on Margot Robbie, but. I mean, she's been the most compelling thing about every single trailer, or all both trailers. And, um, you know, I know Harley Quinn is going to have some, like, there's going to be a lot of think pieces about gender and agency in Harley Quinn, for sure, coming. But, I don't know, I think Robbie is just, like, grabbing this part and running away with it. I mean, it's so much more interesting than, like, anything Jennifer Lawrence ever did with Mystique, you know, or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, all right, I've been given this beloved comic book character. And I am just going to, like, play the hell out of it. I really admire her for that, so. Well, she knows what she has, which is basically, like, what if you could travel back in time and tell Jack Nicholson what he was doing when he was, like, about to become the Joker? It's like, don't even think about Cesar Romero. Just do what you want, and it's (laughs) going to be, like, this thing that you're known for, even though it's, like, a stupid comic book movie. Margot Robbie knew that going in. She basically has 
the capability of making the female cinematic Joker for like all time. Yeah, I'm wondering if people are just going to call her Harley Quinn forever. And she know? could be like the Sean Connery of this or, James Bond. Or if she were fam- if she was famous enough. I don't know if Margot Robbie was famous enough. I mean, I, I, I say that that's stupid. She's been a lot of things, but I still don't know if she's like a uh, brand name recognizable enough for middle America, not, sorry, not just middle America, other people to not just call her Harley Quinn forever, you know? Oh, you mean we're not going to be like the person who explained the big short to me from a bathtub? Oh, you know, that naked lady from Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, both of the things we brought up were her being naked. <laughs> she was really good. I liked her in, I don't remember what it was called, the one with Will Smith, where they're thieves, kind of. I liked that movie. That one, that movie's on, uh, it's not Concussion, <laughs> but <laughs> that movie's on HBO Go right now, and it's like, I think if I saw it in the theaters, I would have been bummed, but since I saw it on HBO Go, I was just like, oh, this is, I, I like these two actors. This is fine. So... That's my ringing endorsement for Margot Robbie's other work. Oh, no, she was so great in The Valley. Oh, no, no, no. Z for Zachariah, not in The Valley Vila. Uh, Z for Zachariah. She was so great in that, but, like, nobody saw it. So, I don't know. All right, so Margot Robbie. Perhaps. Margot Robbie. Perhaps Harley Something Quinn besides forever. naked. <laughs> Something besides naked. Nearly naked in Suicide Squad. Um, all right. Uh, the other information we got from Dawn of the Planet of the Rise of the Dawn of Justice. Um is that they are doing the same origin story for Barry Allen in the movie as they did for Barry Allen in the TV show. The, like, exact same. So, how do you feel about that, Dave? Do you care? Uh, I have no idea what this Flash movie is going to be. I only have I have very little more idea about it than Green Lantern Corps, which was by like the x factor that like you why why did they wait until yesterday to mention that it existed again because like that that popped up sort of in the background when they were talking about the future at comic-con and then nobody mentioned green lantern core coming up so and he's been absent from the justice league art but apparently that's that's all gonna happen so yeah i don't know um flash having the same origin as far as i know flash is still has a cameo in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, but it's one of the things that is not central to the plot where he shows up. So it could, he could very much be cut out of it. Um, but I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on why flash is flash. Uh, well, I but guess he's going to have the, like, he's going to have the, um, you know, my, my mom is dead. And my dad's in jail. Motivation, right? The the new the post the new fifty two sort of story. That's yeah. I mean that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's just um. He'll be the first. I think I people. Mean, well, here's what I'll say. I I don't really have a stake in this, honestly. But but what I will address is that people are already kind of frustrated that we like just got this Barry Allen a TV show, you know, so recently. Um, so people are already sort of like, oh, do we, you're going to have a movie, Barry Allen, and it's going to be Ezra Miller? Like, okay. Um, and then given that they have the options to distinguish the two enough by making the Flash either not Barry Allen or give him a different Barry Allen origin story, but they're like, nope, we're going to do the same exact story that we just told you on TV, but we're going to show it in a movie. I think that's, I mean, you know... It's like the endless rebooting of Spider-Man. Like, I'm so glad the new Spider-Man were not going to have to go through the same thing or, or the en- endless killing of the Waynes, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just... Well, uh, I mean, we know. are going to see the the killing of the Waynes. I yeah. know, I know. That's why I said endless. So, like, you know, do we need to watch Barry Allen's mom die again? Again? So soon? I don't know. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Vague, um, vague irritation, but no real, like, discontent or anything. I mean, I'm glad the Flash is going to have that as a basis, but my hope is that they have a story that fits into whatever they're doing um, and let the TV show do its own thing. Because, yeah, that's fine. We're going to have Ben Affleck as Batman, but you know who the best Batman on TV right now is? Arrow. They have him kneeling in front of graves now and everything. (laughs) He's the best Batman on TV? I was trying to think if I could think of a better Batman on TV right now. Mm. Mm. I mean, certainly not anyone on Gotham. 
No, but like, you know, a, a tortured playboy crime fighter. There must be one. There must be another one that I'm not thinking of. Mm, well, no one on Heroes is any good either, so I don't know. No, I'm not even necessarily we... thinking of like the superhero genre, but like, do you know, I feel like there's always a Batman. It's like there's always a Hamlet. No? Okay. Um... <laughs> Like, isn't James Bond kind of a Batman? Well, sure, but he's a secret agent. Well, right, but Batman has a secret identity. I mean, Batman has to be a vigilante, right? He has to be a oh, rich, but no, vi- rich but vigilante. James Bond. Um, oh, this is, I feel like this is a rehash of our previous James Bond argument, but like, but <laughs> James Bond always breaks the, the MI rules, right? Yes. He does use vigilante justice. He just like gets an O oh, James at the end of the day about it, you know? And right now in Batman comics at least he's James Gordon, so I guess that's actually a cop. I don't, I don't know. All right. Uh, but um, my point wh- is that Arrow's <laughs> turning more into Batman. Right. I mean, you've made some great points in the past about how he's basically Batman, but you as you're saying they're, it's they're getting, doing it again. It's getting even more egregious. Okay. Um did we learn anything about Batman v Superman that you think is is worth talking about? Um, there's the the Bizarro stuff that came out in between last time we talked. That Bizarro is going to be in the movie. And who's Bizarro again? He is the like opposite day version of Superman. Who's uh, playing but, but, him? Is it just Henry Cavill? Um, as of right now, I don't know what his face is going to look like. That might even be still up in the air. Um, <laughs> Superhero movies are so funny. Come on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the idea sort of being that Lex Luthor is, you know, experimenting and creating, basically. He's figuring out ways to take down uh, Superman. And he doesn't really like Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne is like one of his attempts to take down right. Superman and Doomsday is another one of his attempts, but there's actually two more in the movie. One is Bizarro who uh, will come in after Doomsday. He'll be some sort of flawed clone of either Superman or Zod, but some sort of Kryptonian flaw uh, and he'll like live to fight another day. And he's sort of like the impetus to uh, Justice League. So when Zack Snyder is saying like, the mythology of doomsday will be explored in justice league. What he's really saying is like another sort of failed Kryptonian clone like doomsday will have his background explored in justice league. And that will be bizarro. Jeepers. What's the fourth? Should we put a spoiler wall up in front of this? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Is this a huge spoiler? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is uh, everything we didn't know about Batman versus Superman until now. Okay, well, we know it now. Yeah, there you go, um, guys. Ding, ding. Spoiler alert. Uh, the fourth one, I'll have more about it somewhere this week, but it's like uh, it's like the extremist. It's like a human bomb. Okay. Uh, it's like a, d- a dude that goes, goes boom in a place uh, <laughs> where it looks like it might be someone else's fault. Um, you know, so once again, that's, um, just sounds like a lot. Sounds like too much to me. I mean, I'm excited just because, I mean, yes, Avengers Age of Ultron felt like a lot and was a lot, but like, on the other hand, Flash feels like, Flash the TV show feels like a lot and, but like, isn't a lot really. Speaking of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we're recording this the day before Legends of Tomorrow airs its first episode. I have you seen it? Though? I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No, no. Okay. I haven't seen it. I've just read some bad reviews. So, or I've read reviews that are like, this is everything comic book fans want. And then I read the actual review and I was like, oh, it's not what I want. Um, <laughs> basically, it's the a lot of TV shows, um, I guess, is what it's going to be. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, of course, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I will watch it. We'll talk about it next week. What do you mean a lot of TV shows? Oh, I just mean uh, it's the a lot. Like, you know, when I'm like, oh, oh, oh it yeah, sounds like a, a lot. lot on Batman v Superman. It's like, okay, this is a lot um, in TV form. 
and they can't give me Wentworth Miller riding a dinosaur. <laughs> I only asked for one thing. I just want one thing, man. If this Back when I used to call this world's like, I finest. Will, I feel, it feels sort of like too big to fail, at least like until its second season. But if this explodes... Do you think that those characters will go slinking back to their like respective origins um, shows? Um, I mean, if Gotham is not only still going in season two, but has a like a spinoff in the works, possibly, then I don't know what can get canceled these days. To be honest with you, Constantine. I think I guess. from what I know about Legends of Tomorrow, this is the budget cap. So this one's a hit, or this is the end of it. Like, they're not going to build a show that's more expensive than Legends of Tomorrow. How could they? How freaking could they? Well, if Legends of Tomorrow is a hit, then we get to ask that question. Okay. Uh, um, but that, that and... That movie is just Wentworth Miller on a dinosaur all the time. The, oh, God, all the budget goes into creating that dinosaur all the time. That That's like why a Runaways TV series hasn't happened, is because <laughs> there's that raptor that's along on in all the four times. Anyway, um, while we were podcasting, by the way, Vixen got added to the live-action CW universe. Oh, on Arrow? The animated character of color who is getting yeah. a second preview. She's yeah. going to be on Arrow okay. this season. Great. Well, uh, you've heard it here. Probably not first. But maybe early. <laughs> Megalyn Ichikomote awesome. will be playing her. Uh, all right, so Vixen's coming to Arrow. Um, the other comic book TV shows I want to talk about quickly are... Oh, Agent Carter came back with a two-episode uh, premiere uh, last night. Mm-hmm. With some fisticuffs. Uh, which I had which seen. Which was the highlight. Oh. <laughs> which I had seen a little while ago. Uh, so... And I just tried to refresh myself a little bit before we started recording. Um, but I remember my thoughts being this. It starts out with everything I want, which is less Chad Michael Murray, more Enver Jokay, and then, like, love tension between Peggy Carter and Enver Jokay. Um, I don't remember his character's name. Uh, you know, it's like Butch or whatever. I don't know. They're all, they all I'm like, literally 15 minutes into this in a paused window right now, so I can't help you. <laughs> um... You know, the Danny? I think his name's Danny. Anyway, um Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, some oh, well then I guess I shouldn't talk about it since you're only fifteen minutes into it, huh? Well, I mean, we could come back to it, but Agent Carter's back and she fought Dottie and it was pretty awesome. She fought Dottie is pretty awesome. I will say this. They start by giving me the things that I want. Those things don't stay. They introduce two big new characters. I'm just going to keep it vague. One is a villain, which Dave already knew about, and you all already knew about, probably. Um, And she's solid, I think. And then the other is potentially a love interest, a different love interest, and I am not at all interested in him. So, you know, if if Peggy just wants to, like, hang out with Jarvis um, and punch people in the face instead, I would prefer it. But I, Mm -hmm. I do think this season is better than season one and um is is um helped by the california setting and california setting is really good so to sort of jump ahead to your one of your questions uh, are we still watching supergirl i'm not okay so is like is arrow the only superhero show that has a romance that like you kind of are rooting for because, like, I'm not super into, you know, uh, Arrow, Felicity coupling, but I, I don't hate it. I'm still rooting for it. But I can't say, like, the same about any of the relationships on Flash or Gotham or oh, like non-existence. Pa- I like Patty and Barry. I don't know if, like, spoiler, I don't know if that's, like, done for good now or what. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So are we still watching Supergirl? Okay. Um... <laughs> I'm not watching Supergirl, and and when I was watching it, there was no romances that I could root for. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything on Daredevil that I like. I don't like... um, I liked, like, Foggy and Karen, right? Mm -hmm. I like Foggy and Karen, but it sounds like it's going to be, like, more back-to-back Karen Karen this season, and I'm not as interested in that. Um, I did hear that... uh, Mike Coulter said that Rosario Dawson is going to be, you know, like, pretty pretty present in Luke Cage. Um, and I, you know, I don't think they're going to go the romance route, obviously, because Jessica and Luke Cage are, are like the couple we're supposed to be rooting for. But 
Um, Rosario Dawson in anyone. I don't know. Rosario Dawson in a light post. Like, I, you know, I don't Yes, care. Rosario I Dawson in a light post. <laughs> or, I also think when they were doing the, the TCAs for Luke Cage, I think it was, yeah. they, they were saying that uh, he might have his, like, classic, like, open yellow flowing shirt costume. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Okay. He's going to have, like, a little tiara and a big yellow flowing shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, uh, well, I did want to ask uh, listeners, if you're still watching Supergirl and you feel like it's worth dipping back into, um, it's going to take a lot to get me to dip back into that show, but um, The official know. account is really good at tweeting out, like, I think, gifts of the moments that you have to see from each episode, so, so I've been living vicariously. on Twitter. I just, just like watching Supergirl fly next to Martian Manhunter on a loop and being like, this is nice, this is nice. <laughs> this is enough, that's enough. That's enough. Um, all right. So, we, uh, you know, this is obviously a lot of catch up. So clearly we're just like sort of rolling through all the all the TV and movie news that have cropped up recently. Um, Punish- a Punisher TV series is announced. Mm-hmm. Jessica uh, Jones. They're very heavily under consideration to okay. spin off. Jessica Jones season two, probably depending on how uh, John Barthel goes over with people as Punisher. When you say, I mean, shouldn't they wait and see? So I feel yes. about Ronda Rousey getting cast in like five movies before we've ever seen her act. In a single role. <laughs> like, you know, we've seen her barely act in a Fast and Furious movie. But I would like to see Ronda Rousey. I mean, I guess we're going to see her on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that might be really bad. Um, but. From what I've heard about Daredevil Season 2, which we'll probably know more of as we get closer to it in March, um, it really is like a here's the Punisher, here's Daredevil, let's compare and contrast them as we go. So I imagine if he was really bad, they would know at this point, and the fact that they're still, you know, thinking about it means that it's really about audiences, and if they, you know, because Daredevil like is... Pre- but I feel like that's the the tack that Marvel and Netflix are taking with these shows, is like, oh, you love Daredevil? All right, we'll give you season two of Daredevil. Oh, you love Jessica Jones? Okay, we'll give you season two of Jessica Jones. And it's not really about, like, kind of renewing. It's sort of just, like, committing to one season at a time. And if you still love Jessica Jones, like, um, what's not broke, you know, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, okay, we'll keep giving you what you want. And so, yeah, like, waiting to see if audiences like John Barenthal as Punisher um, makes sense to me. And, and something I read is that he and Elektra and... Um, Daredevil are going to be like three points on the um, spectrum of crime fighting, of like vigilante versus, or black and white morality versus fluid morality, and and with um, Daredevil in the middle, right? Oh, interesting. I think that's what they're doing. Maybe. I would say there's a square, (laughs) and there are two characters on either side of the the line that divides the square. Oh, who's the fourth character? Someone you- I think Karen will be the fourth oh, character. Okay. Um, all right. So that's that. I Oh, yeah, yeah. As I mentioned, if you want to hear us talking about Jessica Jones season two, you can hear us talking about it on the main Fighting the War Room show with, with the rest of Dave's Fighting the War Room cohorts. Um, also worth mentioning that they did not rule out that David Tennant might come back for season two of Jessica Jones possibly either in like a flashback or as like a manifestation of like like basically haunting not as like a stephen hawking like rolls up not in a wheelchair they've taken away (laughs) they've taken my voice no we could have been happy jessica (laughs) i mean that's a that's a killer david Tennant as a stephen hawking impression um the question with all this like are we gonna get a punisher tv series you know we're getting jessica jones season two blah blah all of that is um, Iron Fist keeps getting pushed like further and further into the distance. Um, and I have to say, I mean, it, okay, so in my, you know, PC imagined world, they were going to cast an Asian actor as Danny, even though Danny is not Asian, but like th- that we were going to get in, in my same world that was pissed that they were pandering to me in a DC special half an hour ago. Yep. In that world. I thought they were going to pander to me. I want them to when... pander to me, but not tell me that they're pandering to me. <laughs> Like, pander to me silently. Do you know? Does that make sense? You want J.K. Rowling to tweet, I never said Danny Rand was white. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fair enough. There's nothing wrong with Hermione not being white. Come on. Um, Well, no. It's just harder with comic books. (laughs) But, I mean, whatever. Like, you know, characters, comic book characters change race all the time. I mean, 
I mean, you can call him not Danny Rand. You can call him something else. I don't know. I don't care. Point being. I, I like that idea because Iron Fist isn't it's like a person. It's a skill. I was really hoping we were going to get an Asian or Asian American lead on a Marvel Netflix TV show. And instead they're like, no, we're going to give you John Barenthal's show. I'm like, mm. ah. um, you know, so that's, that's, that's all I'm going to say. About that. Well, if, if that's going to happen, let's say that's going to happen. Let's assume that the world is a horrible place. It's going to happen because world markets need to be expanded into. There's a rumor now that they, you know, have cast an Asian actress in Star Wars just to, you know, goose it a little bit in China next time around when they were looking at Hispanic actresses before. Or maybe she's just better for the job, who knows. But, like, in this super cynical world, this is the year that Netflix has expanded to over 160 countries. So if it needs something to sort of goose it along, that's why it would do it. And it hasn't thus far because it hasn't needed to. It's just needed to prove that Marvel on Netflix will work. But I think everybody thinks it's working now. So it's not totally out of the picture. If they actually add an Asian lead to pander to China, but as a side benefit, we get more representation for Asian males on television, then I'm I'm into it. Well, that's what happened to in uh, Age of Ultron. That's why we have Dr. What's-Her-Face that makes Vision. Maybe they're just waiting for Steven Yeun to be killed off on The Walking Dead. And then they can cast him. That's what that's what I've decided. Um, sure. Maybe there are other Asian actors out there I haven't nope, seen. Nope. There's only just like two. Well, I don't watch The Walking Dead, so I haven't <laughs> seen him either. Oh, you don't you know Glenn from The Walking Dead. Come on. Um, oh, don't dignify that television series with mentioning its name the walking dead his own marvel netflix series the world would just explode the walking dead the independent comic has passed 150 issues that's something that we should we should be applauding in walking dead land (laughs) not that the fx show has continued amc amc right sorry i keep screwing that up no i mean like i don't i'm not a huge walking dead tv show fan but i am a a steven young fan i think he's great and he's a huge comic book fan like he i think he's still working on i don't know it's been years that he's been like associated with the movie version of chew like mm-hmm. he loves comic books, so uh, I I think it would be really cool. That's a good point. Like, I was a big fan of him when it looked like Chew was going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, hey. just just hey, cynical <laughs> zombie stories. I'm not sure why we need them, but okay. <laughs> but but yeah, um, and wait wait wait, really quickly on the Star Wars actress thing, you're talking about the role that Gina Rodriguez auditioned for. Yes. But like Tatiana Maslany also auditioned for that role. Feels like they were, and Belle Pauly, I feel like they were looking at everyone for that. Yes. But they and might then cast, they an cast Asian somebody Asian and actress. then they did, and then they moved production back for three weeks and then they moved the release date back seven months. All right. This is for our other podcast, the Star Wars podcast, <laughs> to be continued. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Episode eight is being retooled, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So then we talked about that. I think we are just down to movies and um, one more TV show. Uh, All right. The last TV show I want to talk about is Legion, which is the FX. Speaking of FX, my favorite network. um, You know, the FX series that has mutants from the X-Men universe, but um, cannot cross over with the X-Men universe because in this universe, the Legion universe, X-Men aren't a thing that people know about. Mutants aren't a thing that people know about. So we're back into the realm of like secret identities and that sort of stuff. K- keeping your powers hidden, right? Right. Um, and it's sh- the showrunners know Holly, which is the reason I am most excited for it because he does Fargo and Fargo's best show on television. So um, I am a little concerned that it is looped in with the rest of DC television because I kind of thought it would be... Uh, I thought it was Fox, but I guess because they're not calling it X-Men, then it's still DC. Is that why? Um, uh, so from what I've heard is how this came about is they were like pitching, uh, Howley was pitching like ideas that he would like to do to FX and brought up Legion and FX was just like, oh my God, yes, we'll do anything to make that happen. And the way they're going to make that happen is sort of 
keep it separate. So they're going to talk up it being a Marvel series because that's brandable, but it's not going to take place in any recognizable iteration of the Marvel universe we've seen. But why? I for some reason I thought I read something today. It wouldn't. It, there's no way it would cross over with DC. But I read somewhere today that it that like Legion was going to be teased in a DC show. Did I just misread something? I was reading some sketchy sites today, apparently. Uh, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense that when they say Legion, they're talking about the Marvel comic book Legion. It's very possible you read the sentence, Legion's going to be teased on a DC show, and it's just like a character named Legion or a thing named Legion. Huh. Because those that also exist. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. Then we're going to say really quickly that Deadpool had a surprise screening this week. Um, I'm not sure that I can take any. I mean, I'm excited for Deadpool, whatever. It's, I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, I'm not down on the movie at all. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, everyone was blown away by it. But the people who were there were there, like, bought tickets to see Deadpool footage in the middle of the day <laughs> somewhere. Uh, in New York. So they are in the tank for Deadpool, right? Like if they're buying tickets, they're the extreme fans, they're buying tickets to go see footage. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying I I am going to take your opinion with a grain of salt, Deadpool fanatic. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think we could now write in stone that this movie was made for Deadpool fans when we would just... That was just always what they were saying about it and what we suspected. But now we know. And, you know, I'm certainly happy because, you know, Deadpool fans are something. They're not nothing. They got they, they, they got ideas about what they want their character to be. And sometimes it's very different from what the character actually is. But, you know, I'm nice, I'm nice to see that someone's happy. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, it's not like their opinion is garbage. I'm just saying it's not, like, at all an objective opinion. And, and maybe objective opinions don't matter. Um, well, <laughs> I guess the uh, the other side is that is that um, the the way you're rolling the dice with doing a screening like that is if you screw up with those people, then you're, like you're absolutely screwed because like then you just have all you're left with are the people who thought your emoji billboard in Los Angeles was funny, like enough to like peek in, or people who may think it's Spider Man because they don't have costume recognizable like capability. So costume blindness. It's a, it's it's the struggle is real. The struggle it's true. is real. Deadpool makes a lot of jokes about that. <laughs> Deadpool and Spider Man number one. Um, all right, two two more things. One under like a major. Well, no, should we? I think maybe we'll talk about both of them under the spoiler curtain. Uh, we're gonna talk about Thor Ragnarok, and we're gonna talk about um, Captain America: Ooh. Civil War. Um and yeah, so so this is this is your spoiler warning. I mean, we're just talking about stuff that's that's out there. <laughs> but if you don't want to know what's out there, uh, you can leave now. <laughs> don't get Batman and Superman like you did earlier this episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. So first of all, yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have like a gloating thing that you want to say about this? Oh, I know some stuff about Thor Ragnarok, and over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna have some stuff. What, but what that's can gonna you tell pop us up. already? I can. Uh, what can Nothing? I tell you already? Uh, despite Anthony Hopkins being really down on his appearance as Odin in Thor: The Dark World during press, he will be back. Uh, and Thor Ragnarok and uh, Loki didn't kill him at the end of the Dark World like he could have but uh, Thor or Odin will pop up on Earth uh, he will be sort of like a hobo a hoboden I've been calling him but like uh, uh, the end is near sort of like raving mad homeless man and uh, that's where Thor is going to find him on Thor's brief time on Earth which uh, he won't be a lot Sort of, I think uh, Mark Ruffalo said it's like going to be a cosmic road trip movie. Mark Ruffalo's The Hulk. Hulk's obviously in it, which I think we've talked about. And um, there's going to be two villains, one of which will be Kate Blanchett. And uh, tomorrow, when you hear this podcast, <laughs> I'll let you know more about her. Over what, on uh, geek.com. geek.com. Yeah, geek.com is going to be your. Thor place while I'm it's a great, doing other stuff. It's a great the, juicy story that I know that Dave will tell you tomorrow. 
over on Geek.com. Oh, man. Well, yeah, there's going to be some tomorrow and then some next week. And then well, I think I think by the time we get to February, I'm not going to be able to hold uh, my wad on the most exciting <laughs> stuff. But I'm going to really try because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. But I also am pretty excited about Thor Ragnarok for the first time in the history of Thor Ragnarok. Um, um, I think yeah. Mark Ruffalo compared it to Midnight Run. I think he said was the vibe that they were getting. <laughs> he was getting off the movie, and um, yeah, basically, you know, they're talking about injecting a lot of comedy. That it's, uh, you know, which is often absent from Thor movies. I mean, like Thor is supposed to sort of lean on, I think, fish out of water comedy, or at least the first one was. But you know, bless Chris Hemsworth, but it never really landed too much for me, or, or whatever Cat Dennings was doing, which I also appreciated, but like. Overall, Thor always felt more like a chore to me. But if Mark Ruffalo is like, it's funny, I believe Mark Ruffalo. I believe him that that it's just going to be banter, banter between um, Bruce and Thor in uh, somewhere. Yes. Well, I would say more like a more like a, a Bruce like a more Bruce like Hulk than you've ever seen is probably more likely to pop up. More Bruce like Hulk. I think and Ruffalo's talked about it. The Hulk's sort of evolving, and he's able to. Uh, oh, like in his green form, be sort of like sentient. Again, be able to do things like have banter with Thor while in his green form. Oh. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. So not just like punch him in the face like he did in Avengers, but actually like is right. is he in Hulk form the whole time? Uh, that is unclear. Mm, okay, but there will be. Uh, for sure hulk form um because okay. yeah okay uh and then the next thing we're gonna talk about is captain america which is a uh, civil war um you know the the horribly garbled rumor that i read today which we will now clear. Well, let's catch up on everything that's happened uh, since we last spoke uh, okay what's happened giant man's in the movie giant man who's giant man he's scott lang when he doesn't Go shrink to the size of an ant. Okay, and it's it's so Paul Rudd is gonna go big, really big. All right, next. Uh, Spider Man is on Team Iron Man, and he is the reason that you don't see Team Iron Man running towards Team Captain America in the trailer. It's because there's gonna be a Spider Man there with him, and he joins the team because Tony Stark reaches out and is like, yo kid, I need you on my team. Here's a better costume than what you're wearing. And then boom, that's how we get the new Spider-Man costume. costume. Um, uh, there's rumors because that their licensing embargo is going to lift on this. Uh, and that's how we're going to figure out what Spider-Man looks like. And so because of that, there's a hoodie that's floating around that has a web pattern approved by Marvel that is unlike any other web pattern that's ever appeared in any other Spider-Man thing ever. With The Force Awakens, like, at least, you know, we got we got that swanky Vanity Fair spread. You know, we got some Annie Leibovitz photos of the characters before we got um, toys, right? Right. Meh. Or we sure. got the trading cards first, I guess? It all depends. I mean, toys are going to leak first because there's so many places along the line that people who aren't signing NDAs are going to be like, hey. Like, I saw the Kylo Ren toy before the Vanity Fair spread mm-hmm. um, just because somebody, like, leaked a picture of the unpainted prototypes uh, because everybody was like, oh, hey. And it's like, that's the sort of thing where it's like everybody's talking today, like, oh, everybody's got to be so happy that Star Wars moved back to December because now, like, you could do more toys for Christmas. It's like, no, guys, people buy Christmas toys in November. Like, everybody's pissed that they now need to market another movie without having to say what the things is they're marketing. It's like, goes completely opposite. So the Spider-Man thing, I guess the web pattern is interesting. And then the fact that he had sort of, like, red uh, elbow pads is also something that's been backed up by previous rumors. So I think those are the two things that might be carried over into the official costume, but otherwise, who knows? Okay, so Spider-Man's on Team Iron Man. What mm-hmm. else do we know? Uh, eh, eh, uh, I think we're up to your thing now. Okay, so my thing is, I read some garbled post today that like they were going to kill off Scarlet Witch, um, War Machine, Falcon, 
Um, but then, you know, people clarified for me, helpfully, uh, that it looks like they filmed those three scenes, and maybe only one of them is true. They filmed the other two as misdirection to avoid spoilers. Or perhaps none of them are true, and they're all to cover the fact that, you know, Cap himself is going to die. And then the final point that Dave made is that it doesn't matter who dies, because everyone's coming back. Um, yeah. <laughs> Death means nothing. There are no stakes. Um, but I will say, I mean, if, if they're going to kill one of those three, I'm really pissed if they killed off Scarlet Witch. Like, we just barely got her. Uh, I'd be really pissed about that. Mm. Um, you know, my, my concerns about representation, as I've expressed earlier in this podcast aside, I do think that Falcon and uh, War Machine are two of the weaker characters in the Avengers universe. Um, and, and with, with War Machine, uh, Rhodey being the weakest, I think. Not because I don't like Don Cheadle, but just because I don't think they've used him properly. So if I had to miss someone, it would be Rhodey. Um, mm. What would you pick, Dave? Um... I mean, knowing huh. as we know that death doesn't matter and there are no sticks and everyone's going to live or something. My pick is Rhodey gets almost killed, but put into like a, I don't know, coma, limbo, a motivational place for Iron Man to Suspended be super animation. pissed. Uh, sure, something. Um, that the Falcon death is a red herring and that Scarlet Witch bites it to affect Vision's movements in later movies. Well, that angers me. Well, I mean, I also think Captain America dies at the end, too. So, but I've I've thought that from the beginning. Do I think Scarlet Witch dies forever? Uh, I don't know. It depends what you mean, like, forever. Because, I mean, we've talked about this before, that... I'm expecting the main characters, obviously, to die or be out of the picture majorly. Um, whether or not, you know, that means die or, like, way out in space and too far away from wherever the first Infinity War Earth thing happens. Um, but, like, when, you have, when you're dealing with stuff like the Infinity Gauntlet and the power to, like, blink people in and out of existence, it's exactly like the Secret Wars comic thing I was explaining at the beginning where... It could be a event that lasts from like, you know, an entire year. And then at the end, everything's basically the same except a few small things. So like, you know, Elizabeth Olsen could be really game to, for complicating her character like this, knowing that, you know, they just don't have anywhere to put her in the next three movies anyway. So might as well give her a bigger part in Infinity War where she's like, back! It would bother me. Hmm. <laughs> It would bother me if Scarlet Witch dies just to give vision motivation mm. from a gender standpoint. That's a role that women too often play in stories. It's boring to me. Scarlet Witch has to die so that vision can do X, Y, and Z. Uh, that's, that's a frustrating dynamic. It's not your fault. The, ori- the original rumor said so he could go off into space but I have never heard anything about Vision going off into space. And I still think it's cooler if he doesn't and everything's fine and the one major thing that we see Thanos do to prove that he's a badass is just just walk in and kill Vision just to start with. Just being like, I need these stones. And just like crush his head and like yank it out of it. Like Paul Bettany's like crushed little head. Because then you, it's the, the the Thanos stakes. That's what you want. There's no reason to like send everybody out into space to like have him coming towards Earth the whole time. And if he touches the ground, oh wait, that's the Guardians of the Galaxy plot. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else we want to talk about in terms of civil war, or my frustration that Scarlet Witch might die? I so think soon. somebody out there has actively told a lie about their part in the end of civil war. I'll throw that out there to, to our listeners. If they want to ferret it out, huh. somebody addressed the ending and I think they straight up told you a lie. How do you feel about that? When actors straight up lie? I see why they do it. Um, I'm not happy about it. Uh, but I mean, 
Because the thing is, you don't want to be seen as withholding, but you also don't want to like blow a multi-million dollar movie for, you know, you don't want to be the Sam Jackson of Avengers and leave your script on the copier or whatever. Everybody figured out that sort of bad juju. So, but I don't think lying's worth it either. Like, I think it's worth the frustration you have with people asking you the same question over and over again, which I think is what happened to this person. Sam Jackson left his script on the copy machine. Oh, yeah. That's how the Avengers script le- leaked before <laughs> Avengers uh, I didn't know that. This was before I was, like, way deep into, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Phase one Marvel <laughs> stuff. Rumors. I didn't know that the Avengers script leaked. We knew, like, everything about Phase 1 Marvel stuff, except, you know, whether or not the scroll were going to be in it because they were developing that video game at the same time. There's, like, crossed wires. But, like, yeah, Sam Jackson left his script pages somewhere. It was hilarious. Oh, wow. All right. Is that it for Civil War? Is there anything we missed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing that we won't have time to cover before May. Uh, <laughs> all right. Then we'll be back again uh, later this month. Right? Do we have one more episode this month? Let's see. Uh, in the meantime, while I look that up, Dave, tell people where you, they can find you on the internet. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at DA7E, latino-review.com, and at geek.com, and podcasting, as always, at fightinginthewarroom.com. Actually, we don't have another <laughs> Thought Bubble scheduled for this month, but we'll be back in February with another Thought Bubble. We'll give you... Deadpool? Deadpool? Deadpool, yeah, I think that's when Deadpool we're, bubble. we're we're Deadpool bubbling. Um, so we'll be back for that. You will hear more of our Agent Carter and Legends of Tomorrow thoughts then. Uh, in the meantime, you can send us an email at bubbleyourthoughts at gmail Sorry, we didn't have time to read listener emails today. We were backlogged in in sort of news and that sort of stuff. But please do email us bubbleyourthoughts at gmail Find us on Twitter. I'm at Joe wrote this. Dave already said that he is at da7e um and you can find all of our episodes on fightingthewarrooms.com slash comics and we will see you for deadpool bubble <laughs> bye x go give it to you fuck wait for you to get it on your own x go deliver to you knock knock open up the door to spread with the non-stop pop out the stainless steel go hard getting busy with it but i got such a good heart that i make the motherfucker wonder if you get it Damn right, can I do it again? Cause yeah. I am.